Monday through Friday devotional podcast aimed at helping you grow more mature in your walk with Jesus. Our reading today is from Acts chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 32 through 35. And the word of the Lord says this, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each one as any had need. That's the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us to understand. We need your help. We need you to be our instructor. So again, we depend on you today. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. I want to talk to you today about all things in common. You know, when we read this passage, we're perhaps just a little unsettled. Certainly sounds like the earliest disciples and their leaders, the apostles, had a different social philosophy than the modern American church, doesn't it? I mean, here we have the story of these early believers giving away everything they had, or at least sharing in common all of their earthly goods with others. The verses say, no one had said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And this sounds so different from our modern experience. And some people get a little shaky when they read this. Were these people, these first believers, communists? Or perhaps Christianity is supposed to be naturally a socialistic way of living. Reading the scriptures in our modern context, the question comes to mind, and some have concluded that indeed, Christianity is supposed to teach a completely different social ethic than our modern version affirms. Well, what about that? What's really going on here? Well, to begin with, when we come to a passage of Scripture such as this, we find ourselves sorely tempted to reduce its meaning down to something easy to grapple with. And that usually means that we want to make it prescriptive. And that means that we look to find in the text rules and regulations that instruct us on how we should live, what our practices should be, what the rules are for righteous living. We look for rules. Now, much of the time, that works out all right, I suppose. But there are these times when we can get ourselves into real trouble, and this passage is one of those opportunities. When we read these verses prescriptively, we're reading them the wrong way. And that's because the verses before us are not prescriptive, but descriptive. In other words, Luke, the author of Acts, isn't trying to tell us rules for handling our goods. What he's doing instead is he's giving us a picture of the great change of heart that the gospel caused among those first century people who put their faith in Jesus. What's in view here isn't a changed economic. It's a transformed heart. The reason those first century believers acted so strangely with their money wasn't because someone told them that they ought to. It was because their hearts told them that they got to. They were so over the moon about Jesus 
so captured by the miracle of grace that, frankly, they lost all interest in keeping the things of earth for themselves. The things of earth had grown strangely dim to them, in the words of the old hymn writer. Their hearts were more concerned with those in need around them than with getting and keeping more stuff for themselves. Now, when there's a change of heart such as they had experienced, actions will always accord with the new direction of that changed heart. You see, this is the very first word of the text, isn't it? Remember, verse 1 says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. The emphasis here isn't on an economic, it's on a changed heart. And inner regeneration always results in an outward transformation. What's going on here isn't socialism, much less communism. It's simply hearts transformed by the love of Christ. And those hearts were expressing their transformation through their love for others. Christianity always produces this result. So the question for each one called Christian in our day becomes, how has the love of Christ for you affected your love for those around you? Has your conversion made you more gracious with the impatient? Has it made you more generous toward those who are in need? more tolerant of those who disagree with you about the unimportant issues in life. As you go on in the Christian life, do you find yourself getting easier to live with or more difficult? And when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we keep very near him, we inevitably find ourselves growing softer, kinder, more appreciative. If we don't find these things happening in our lives, maybe it's time to do a spiritual checkup. Perhaps we're neglecting such a great salvation as the Bible says. Maybe we're beginning to subtly slide back to our same old used to be, what we were before we came to faith in Christ. Now, don't let that happen, loved one. Focus your eyes afresh and anew on the loving Savior and watch him once again ignite the fire of love in your heart toward others. Let's pray. Lord, hear our prayer. Show us once again your loving heart for us so that we may demonstrate your love toward others around us. We ask it in your name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us again today. Join us Sundays for our online service at 9 a.m. or our on-site services at 9 or 11 a.m. We have an on-site evening service at 6 p.m. as well. Check out the App Store on your iPhone or the Play Store on your Android mobile device to download our BFC app. Search for BFC Sebring to get your copy. Thanks again for joining us. Stay safe.